It took me a while to put this episode together. I've been working on it, and you all know how much I love beauty horror stories. But then the Gorilla Glue incident happened. And I was working on my beauty horror story, and I thought, of all things, you have to talk about it. But it's not, this episode is not about making fun. It's not about laughing about it. Although, you know, we find humor in all kinds of things. But this particular incident isn't something to laugh about. And I will say that in doing my research, there was so much more to the story. It wasn't just about somebody making a beauty error. There was so much more to it. So I did a little bit more research about that and we're going to talk about it today. That and a bunch of other beauty horror stories. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this cautionary episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so we can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child. The one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. If this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad, and let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. Hope you're doing okay. I, full transparency, I got to tell you, I am exhausted. I am tired. I'm exhausted. Insomnia is trying to rear its ugly head again. Uh, just social anxiety, all kinds of things. You name it. I got it. I just, I just can't, you know? I just can't right now. Uh, but on a on a positive note, I got myself some dry erase boards and plenty of dry erase markers and office supplies always make me happy. They always do. They don't let me down. I love an office supply, especially a fresh new marker. And I got lots of them. And I just went crazy on my whiteboards and I started you know, researching and taking notes and doing all kinds of stuff. And I was, I had a a beauty horror story episode in the can, you know, bits and pieces. So I started, you know, digging them back up and going through those and doing some more research. So it is time, tis time, everyone, to do a beauty horror story episode. And I am so excited about it. 
That being said, though, in the midst of all of that, of course, the Gorilla Glue incident happened and it stopped me in my tracks because normally, you know, at first when it came out, I was like, oh, wow, I got to do this episode. I have to, of course. Right. It's beauty reform school. I, I mean, I talk about cautionary tales all the time. I'm constantly talking about education and I'm constantly talking about asking the why. And I'm always talking about you know, making smart choices regarding beauty. And so it would be ridiculous if I didn't talk about it, right? But it got a little more in depth than that. Because along the way, when I talked to different people about it, they had so many mixed emotions, you know? And I'm not even talking about, you know, people who went the comedy relief route for it, which was incredibly insensitive. There was so much more to it. I wanted to dig even deeper into it because it's like, it wasn't, yeah, it was a mistake, okay? It was a mistake. And it might not have been a mistake that you would have made, but it was a mistake. And once the mistake was made, she was in trouble and she needed help. And in today's world, social media and things like that are the way that you reach out. And that's exactly what she did. And luckily for her, she got the help that she needed. And you notice I haven't said her name yet because I am not trying to put her per se at the beginning of the, at the height of this episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about her issue, but... It's about more than that. It's about more than that. And it links to all the beauty horror stories that we're going to talk about today. It links to how we get in jams like these, you know, because when it comes to beauty, some people love it for entertainment. Some people like it for self-esteem. Some people, you know, it makes you feel better when you gussy up and things of that nature. But when you get to the underbelly of all of that, it gets a lot deeper and a lot scarier because how comfortable are we with just being seen as we are? You know, even I have some things that I don't want to do. Like I'm not going to go outside when with my hair standing all over my head. That's for sure. Um, And I have other ways of dealing with that. You know, I got my head wraps and my hats and I got all kinds of things that I'll do um, rather than do that. Um, But everybody does things differently and some people take extreme measures. And she's not the only one, you know. She came out into the light to get help. But there are, I venture that there are many, many, many people who have done equally dangerous things and equally desperate things to solve a beauty problem, except you just probably have never heard of it. So that's really the main point that I want to bring across regarding that young lady. That, you know, lots of people might think, Yeah, but common sense, man. Like, come on. But really? Really? When you think about all the things we've done in history regarding beauty, 
Nah, we've made some mistakes. We've done some things out of desperation. We've done some things in the name of Eurocentric standards. We have done some things in the name of fear of aging. We've done some things out of a desperate need to get love. And we're going to talk about it. Okay, so you already know the story, I'm pretty sure. But for those of you who have missed it, I will get you up to speed. So Tesca Brown is a woman from Louisiana who was going out on a quick date with her boyfriend, her fiance actually. And as many of us are, when we're on our way to a date, we're doing our final last little beautifying things. We're getting ready. She went and grabbed her hairspray. She usually used Gotta Be, which me too. Like I love that hairspray. That that thing is the jam. It keeps, it holds everything tight. Let me tell you. It's called Glued. Blasting free spray. I have a can right next to me. And I got to tell you that I've been using that for a really, really long time because especially performing and everything, it does not move. It does not move. You spray your hair, you're, it's done. It's like a helmet. It's done. Extra, extra, extra hold. Um, so I love it because I sweat a lot. I get hot. It's steamy. I want to make sure my hair stays put. And it does. And, you know, thank you, gotta be, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so she didn't have any though. She was all out. Damn it. All out. So she went and grabbed a can of Gorilla Glue spray that she had in the house. And she thought, you know what? I'm just going to spray it on real quick. Go on my date. When I get back, I'm just going to wash it all out. You know, make it work, right? She did that. She went on her date. She came back. She tried to get it out. It would not budge. It would not come out. It would not move. It had solidified into a hard solid and she could not get it out. I'm sure panic um, with each passing hour, I'm sure panic grew more and more exponentially. And it got to the point where she began to wonder if it would ever come out. Not only that, but as the days, yes, days went by, it got harder. It got itchier. It got more uncomfortable. There was irritation in the scalp. It was hard to sleep because she also had a long braid attached, which the base of the braid became like a cement block. It was very, very dis. She experienced all kinds of discomfort for sleeping and things of that nature. You get the idea. And she tried all kinds of things, Google searches, all kinds of things to get it out. She could not. You get the idea. So she did take to social media to show what happened because she was desperate. She wanted to fix this. She wanted to get it out of her hair. And of course, with all things social media, which is, why I have a tough time myself with social media. Half the people were laughing at her. Half the people were calling her dumb. Half the people were, you know, thinking it was a hoax. 
you know, on and on and on. There were a bunch of people who actually did feel her pain and felt sorry for her, tried to give her, uh, you know, remedies and things like that, which she tried to no avail. And she was just in a bad place. She was in a really, really bad place. And I got to say, like, if I was in the same situation, I probably wouldn't take to social media because of the kind of backlash that she received. I would, I wouldn't want any parts of that. That would just send my depression on a freaking carnival ride. So I wouldn't do that at all. And my social anxiety on top of that? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I, not me. Not me. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Honey bunches of dopes. I wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. But she did because she she didn't see another solution. I mean, like when you find yourself at the end of your tether, what do you do? So she went to, you know, she went to social media and she did a TikTok and the rest is history. And you've been hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it ever since. Um, But that's the salacious side of things. I was, I wanted to include her incident in this episode because I wanted to talk more about it from the beauty reform school side, you know? I wanted to talk to you about it from the beauty reform school side because that's where we get in there, we go to science lab, we dissect it, we look into it. So let's go. So after doing a GoFundMe, she went to the noted plastic surgeon, Dr. Obang. And uh, I have to give credit to Distractify because I needed to know exactly how he got that out. Like, how did he do it? And I have to give him credit because Dr. Obang took it to research. He went and figured out what was the active ingredient in Gorilla Glue and he reversed constructed how to get it out. Like how to how to break down the compounds in the glue to loosen it enough to be able to remove it. And he did. He did. Bless his soul. So he figured out how to reverse engineer the glue and he worked for four hours to remove it from her scalp. He made his own concoction, right? It was fairly simple, but usually the simple, the simple things are the best. Um, so let me see, let me see what he did here. Let's see. Okay, he combined medical grade adhesive remover, aloe vera, olive oil, and acetone. Now, interestingly enough, Tessica did try acetone at one point. And I gotta say, using pure acetone on the scalp was horrific because it definitely irritated the scalp. It definitely made it raw. It was very, very painful. And also the acetone that did manage to get through the Gorilla Glue and to the scalp, it just sat on the scalp and it was hard for it to come off of the scalp. So she had ongoing irritation afterwards, even after she had stopped trying that process. So that, you know, poor baby, poor baby. 
That was hard. I, just living with that. I can't even imagine. And then, you know, trying to, she didn't get sleep for like, you know, for an extended period of time. And from someone who suffers from insomnia, the only thing worse from having than having insomnia is trying to go to sleep and being exhausted and stressed out from a process like this and still not being able to get any sleep. So anyways, he was able to create a solvent that stripped the glue from her scalp without further harming the hair or the skin. And when Tessica finally awoke and saw his results, she was both overjoyed and thankful. Man, smart. That guy is a smart cookie and bless him for being able to figure that out. And bless him for doing the procedure for free. I mean, and that's, that's a testament to him as well, because here you are a plastic surgeon and you make your money off of these procedures and you decided to just help somebody to just help somebody who was in a lot of trouble. So good for you. Good for you. Well done, sir. All right, now this one we got from abc7.com. And this is kinda what this whole thing boiled down to for me. Um, you know, when you just talk about the story in general about what happened, aside from what you would do or if you thought it was smart or not, it boils down to a more serious concern, a way more serious concern. She said, as a darker skinned girl, she felt pressure to ensure her hair was perfect to make up for her complexion. Breaks my heart. But I gotta tell you, I've been there. I've been there. Growing up, being passed over, overlooked, and trying to have a certain look to be approved of or accepted in some circles. <laughs> I remember a story when I was a young, I don't know, I think I was in junior high or something, and I wore my hair natural. You know, uh, my mom insisted, you know, that I wore my hair natural. So I wore my hair natural and I remember when I was going to my junior high graduation, my mom took me down the street to a girl who was in cosmetology school at the time. And she let the girl press my hair. So it was the first time ever that my hair was straight. The first time I ever saw my hair straight ever. I didn't, I didn't use, you know, I didn't have relaxers or anything up until that point. I didn't have any of that. And that was the first time I had ever seen my hair outside of its natural state. I was amazed by the shrinkage, you know, I didn't even know what shrinkage was, but when she pressed my hair and all of a sudden my hair swept my shoulders and kind of was going down my back, I was in shock and awe. <laughs> I was in shock and awe. I couldn't believe it. And when I moved my head from left to right, my hair swung around. I couldn't believe it. 
and it was shiny and it was it was beautiful and I couldn't believe it and I looked at my face and I saw myself differently and then I put on my pretty dress for my graduation and we went to the ceremony and I remember when I walked into the auditorium all my classmates couldn't believe it they were just like PJ is that you and I remember that there was a boy that I liked at the time liked him a lot and he didn't pay me any mind at all he didn't like me (laughs) he didn't like me but he noticed me that day I'll tell you what and all of a sudden he gave me his phone number and he wanted to talk to me and I couldn't believe it all because my hair was different people got more chatty people became more friendly all because someone pressed my hair now I'm gonna say it's all because of that because I guess my personality probably changed too because I remember specifically my mother telling me that if I didn't stop swinging my head back and forth I was gonna break my neck and she got so annoyed with it that she threatened that if she caught me doing it again she was just gonna braid my hair back up so I made sure I chilled out (laughs) But that story just goes back to what she was saying, you know, she said, she said, and I quote, I thought if you, if I, if you have another flaw, if your hair is together, you know, you look better. She said, if I can't do nothing else, I'm going to make sure my hair is on point. This has been a problem for me for a long time. She explained, if I wouldn't have cared so much about my hair, I wouldn't be going through this right now. Flowers of Van Cleef Hair Studio said, while Brown's story doesn't come as a surprise, it does sadden him. African-Americans, especially African-American women, have had 400 years of assimilation to a white standard of aesthetics. We have to always be in place. That means having our hair straightened, having it all neat and sufficient in order to assimilate. It's very daunting and difficult and an exhausting thing to have to do. (sighs) Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. Brown is now turning her mistake into a message. She's hoping to help other black women learn to accept themselves and their hair. I want all the little girls my children's age, women my age, my mama's age to know, don't let hair make you. People will grow through a lot of stuff for their hair. You have to keep it in your head. I am not my hair. Brown said she received more than $25,000 in crowdfunding donations. She said the bulk of that money will be donated to Dr. Obang's foundation to help other women who need emergency surgery. She said she also is sending checks to families in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. And also, just to put it out there, as for Gorilla Glue, 
Brown said she realizes the company shares no blame for her decision. Gorilla Glue does carry a warning label on the spray that states, do not swallow, do not get in eyes on skin or on clothing. The Gorilla Glue company says it wishes Brown the best. Ooh. And here, real quick, here's their full statement. It says, we are aware of the situation and we are very sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident that Miss Brown experienced during using our spray adhesive on her hair. This is a unique situation because the product is not indicated for use in or on hair as it is considered permanent. Our spray adhesive states in the warning label, do not swallow, do not get in eyes, on skin or on clothing. It is used for craft, home, auto or office projects to mount things to surfaces such as paper, cardboard, wood, laminate and fabric. We are glad to see in her recent video that Miss Brown has received medical treatment from her local medical facility and we wish her the best. Now that we've tackled that, I wanted to cover, quickly cover, just some of the other crazy beauty horrors along the way. Because, you know, now that we've covered it, it's, it's just not far-fetched. It really, really isn't in the grand scheme of it, in the big picture. It's not that far-fetched because really from the dawn of time, we have been trying to do things to alter our appearance, to appear more attractive. And I don't even know where it started. So we will definitely get into that in another episode, but it's, to me, in my opinion, it really had to do with marriage. Um, I feel like it was a way to make yourself more attractive to prospective mates. And I think it just took off running from there. So, you know, you would just get gussied up so that the, uh, the opposite sex would be attracted to you and then hopefully you'd become a worthwhile prospect for marriage. That was my personal opinion. If you have more insight on it, I would love to hear it. Um, if you know of any links or anything like that that I could read, I would love to, I'd love that as well. But that is my personal theory on it. I feel like we, in order to get someone else, we had to gussy up and that's really when you when you boil it down like that it's actually kind of sad because it's just like in order to get this person to accept me I'm going to have to look like something else wow when you think of it that way now of course beauty has definitely evolved past that you know I'm not saying that's what it always is now I'm also not saying it's not but it definitely has evolved. Some people still use it for those purposes. Some people self-consciously use it for those purposes. They want to be attractive to their love interests. So they want to do that. Um, Some people do do it for a boost of self-esteem. But when you think about it that way, it's like you do it for a boost of self-esteem because you get positive feedback when you present and when you do performative beauty 
If you're doing the beauty because you enjoy the colors or it makes you, it lifts your spirit, then yeah, that's one thing. But if you're doing it because you want to come out of the place and be seen and approved of, that's quite another. And I, I do all kinds of beauty. I do self-esteem beauty. I do performative beauty. Um, I do all kinds. It just depends on my mood and what's required of, of my day. That's kind of how it goes, you know? Sometimes I wear things strictly for my own enjoyment. Other times I wear things um, as a combination of my own enjoyment and also to dazzle the people I perform for. So, and especially being a performer, it makes sense to do performative beauty sometimes. So, you know, it's not that, it's not that far-fetched, you know, some people might be like, what? I don't prefer, I wear makeup for me. Yeah, well, maybe now, now, but it wasn't always, I'm sure, you know, everybody's foray into makeup and beauty definitely probably didn't start from a place of self-confidence, let's just say. All right, so we have the Double Chin Vanquisher. <laughs> it is the, I'm going to read this ad, which is kind of hard to read, but it's crazy. It gives the flesh the resiliency and freshness of youth. It prevents double chins. It effaces double chins. It reduces enlarged glands. Wow. And it says, on the top of the ad, the curves of youth will be yours if you will pull the cords. So basically, it's like a head piece of headgear that has these two cords on the side. And it has these rollers underneath the chin. And as you pull on the cords left and right, you know, when you pull on those, there's rollers underneath the chin that go, that roll from left to right. I imagine it's supposed to massage the um, fat under your chin and break it down so that it'll drain out and you will have a thinner under chin area. I'm guessing. <laughs> it says, got a chronic case of turkey neck? Strap on Professor, Professor Max chin reducer and beautifier and strangle that double chin right out of existence. <laughs> my my mm -mm. no thank you no thank you so um this one I don't even oh god okay I'm just gonna spit it out there have been people who have attempted to use Lysol on their vaginas that that's it I've said it yep it happened it's real like yeah mm -hmm. yeah they wanted to disinfect yeah mm-hmm so they did that and then they took the, yep, and then they sprayed it on or please say, please God, don't say in. Um, they, they sprayed it. That's what they did. Um, and I just never, just don't, please don't ever in your life. Just put it down. As a matter of fact, don't even buy it really. Um, I mean, but if you have to just keep it in the kitchen, in the bathroom, then when you're in the bathroom, um, don't take your pants off. That's all I'm saying. If I, if it has to be said, I mean, I hope it doesn't have to be said, but if it does good grief, um, 
but yeah so yeah we're just gonna move on to number three mm-hmm yep moving right on um okay wow tapeworms sweet um yeah uh all right it says hungry all the time lend your digestive system to a tapeworm in need if the tapeworm diet was first advertised in the early 1900s as a way to lose weight while still eating to your heart's content don't let that tempt you the tapeworm diet comes with serious health risks like meningitis and epilepsy. It is now banned in the USA. I wish that I was making this up, but I'm not. All right, number four, tobesity plastic surgery. Uh, are your stilettos way too uncomfortable or do you just have way too many toes? Some women think the latter and they're undergoing stiletto surgery to shorten or remove a toe or two. All the better to strut your stuff after the recovery period, after the recovery period, of course. Experts warn against reshaping your foot to feel your to fit your highest of heels. After all, buying a sweet pair of comfy kicks is way less expensive. I know that's right. I'll be the first to tell you that I wore stilettos for quite some time. I lived for them. They were fabulous. I felt like I could just take on the world and stab you in the neck with my heel all at the same time. And it was a delight and I enjoyed it. But my feet paid the price over time. They really, really did. When I switched over to more comfortable shoes, my feet thanked me. Um, but, you know, I still have battle scars from that, you know, I'm, as I'm sure we all do, you know. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's what your youth is for, to do those kind of crazy things and enjoy yourself. But, you know, you should definitely um, do things in moderation. You know, you wear heels one day, you wear comfy shoes the next, you make sure you, ma you massage your feet, you make sure you stretch them out. Don't let them get all crunched up in the heels all the time because it will change the shape of your foot. Speaking from experience. All right. Number five, the facial flaw detector. This helmet looks like a prop from the set of soft six. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's actually just the beauty micrometer in action. The device, shown here in 1934, claimed to calculate women's facial features and detect the most minute defects in feminine beauty. That's way more terrifying than anything depicted in the Saw movies. No kidding. Like the, the utter nerve, like the grapes on you to just build something that's going to detect flaws. That's, that's where it all started, y'all. Like, that's where it started. That's how we got so far. That's how we just have just drifted so far in the sea of this thing. That's how it's happened. You know, it's and, you know, the beauty business is guilty of it too i mean the beauty business are, is the one that said hey you something's very wrong with you let's come come over here and let's fix it i'm just saying they did and movies and tv and media have all perpetuated it we're all guilty all of us all of us every last one of us are 
compliant and culpable. And I got to say, like, as someone who works in that field, I have I have prices to pay. And that is also why we do this podcast, because as a, you know, as penance for the things that I did in the early years, I have to make amends. You know, this is my way of making amends, telling the truth and teaching about beauty. Um, You know, towards the end of my sales career, I was very forthcoming with my clients. So, you know, the last 10 years of my sales career, it didn't always go well. It didn't always go well with the client or with the uh, with my management. It didn't always go well because the goal is to sell. Right. So. But, you know, it, I, I don't have a problem selling, but I want my client to be educated and I want my client to know what they're getting, why they're getting it, how to use it, how to get the most out of it. Those are the things that I focus on, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, number six. The inverted nipple suction dream charm adjuster. What? Brought to you by the Jap... Wait... Oh, okay. Brought to you by the Japan Trend Shop, this cute candy-colored device claims to adjust mild cases of inverted nipples. Don't knock it till you try it, but probably just don't try it. Oh, boy. Number seven, the vampire facial. Well, 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 Madam Kardashian, you show your face yet again. All right, well, they say that beauty is pain, but are you willing to really, really bleed for super pretty skin? If so, why not try the Vampire Facial, a simple face mask made from your very own blood. The mask is followed by laser treatment and micro-needling. Kim Kardashian brought this blood-curdling salon treatment to national attention. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I really still don't get what it was supposed to do. I'm going to go out on a limb and speculate that maybe the proteins in the blood helped the healing process to make the skin smoother. That's just a wild, 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 wild guess. Um, You know what else does that? Microdermabrasion, peels, masks, serums, facials, like regular facials, you know, just regular old facials that don't involve me opening a vein, just regular old facials. I mean, you know, you get just a plain old mask from just about anywhere, really, at this point. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to go any further with that. Um, on to, oh God, <laughs> this is not get this list is not getting any better. Lard wigs, ladies and gentlemen, look, oh, ladies, gentlemen, and others, 
lard wigs. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she stuck her head in a bucket of lard. In the 18th century, women often sported enormous decorative wigs that were secured with lard. Women would wear these wigs for months, even though they'd often become (laughs) infested with Mm, vermin and uh, lies. Mm, no, 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 no. Gross. Okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, um, those things are attracted to you know, like food sources, you know, rodents, vermin, attracted to food sources and lard is a food source. So yeah, I can imagine that they would and like, they like, you know, nests and things. So I imagine they thought, Hey, a brand new nest has just opened up. Let me go. And also like other people had lice. So like if they were near other people, then, you know, I would imagine that the lice could just jump on and then just take root in there and that is so incredibly gross and it's horrible. And meanwhile, people were walking around with lard. and lard though. I mean, I get grease in your hair, but lard, I guess lard is what was available, I guess, or just like did a really great job. But I'm also thinking about how heavy that wig must have been with all that lard in it. Good grief. Not to mention a family of grossness in there, too. Anyway, that means it's time to move on as my stomach gets queasier. <clears throat> Number nine, the wave favor. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number nine, the face waver exercise mask. Sing operatically while wearing this mask for just five minutes a day to reduce wrinkles and terrify your neighbors. It supposedly stretches and tightens the face and cheeks, thereby kneading out wrinkles, lines, and sag. Available online from the Japan Chine Shop, this is the perfect Christmas gift for the super vain bank robber in your life. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, this one's fun. The nose helmet. Number 10. This device promises to give you a perfect nose and a perfectly terrible migraine. (laughs) So mind you, it does strap around. There's two big straps. One straps around your forehead. One straps around um, the back of your head under your ears behind your head there. And it's supposed, it's designed to wear for a while and it presses down the nose. So if your nose is upturned a bit, it will, you wear it. Or if your nose sticks out too much, It'll press it down and press it down and press it down. So eventually, hopefully it will go down and you won't have an upturned nose anymore. Yep. I don't know if you would consider that worth it, but hey, there you are. There it is. That's for you to have, to keep or not. Uh, Let's see. We got uh, 11, the Siberian snail facial. Your facialist is a human? How quaint. Apparently, Siberian beauty mavens believe that snail slime is the secret to pretty skin. If letting a family of snails crawl all over your face grosses you out, the sheep-placenta facial is always an alternative. Now, I will say this. I have actually tried some skincare products that do use um, snail as a... um, 
paralytic actually so it kind of like it kind of freezes the skin so you put it on the skin it freezes the skin like you massage the wrinkle you put it on the skin and it'll kind of keep your skin it's like uh nature's botox so to speak and um it just tightens the skin. It it makes the wrinkles appear less. It does like a lot of stuff. I am not endorsing a snail facial. I'm just saying I'm so not. I don't want a bunch of snails just walking around on my face. I really don't. But I do get where it comes from because I, you know, I learned about it. Anyway, number 12, the original Nair arsenic. Yikes. All that pesky body hair bumming you out, make like your favorite Renaissance beauty mavens and slap some poison on it. In a pre-Nair world, arsenic solution was apparently the hair remover of choice. Well, it killed everything, so I guess your follicles are no exception. Ugh. Number 13, the harness, magnetic corset. Dun, 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 dun. So, oh, they say... <laughs> I love on the ad, there's like a little tiny note that says, um, they cure weak backs. Back then, they were only five to six dollars corsets, you know. So you just got your nice corset. Um, it says circa, let's see. Oh, wait, let me read this because this is wild. Okay, it says... By wearing these perfectly designed corsets, the most awkward figure becomes graceful and elegant. The internal organs are speedily strengthened as if the chest is aided in its healthy development and the entire system is invigorated. Send at once postal order for five to six dollars to the secretary the Medical Battery Company Limited. That was a London ad. Oh boy. Circa 1890, the harness magnetic corset promised to make the most awkward figure become graceful and elegant while strengthening the internal organs. X-rays of the 19th century women revealed displaced ribs and other internal traumas caused by the undergarments. Yet even today, the corset trend lives on. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, now it's more aesthetics and, you know, that whole waist training thing. I'm not even, I'm just not. Okay. We all, we all seen the waist trainer thing. I don't know how I feel about it. I just don't. I think it's just the waist trainer is the modern day corset. And if you want to give it a shot, that's all you boo. Do you, um, I, you just got to know that it's, you know, anything that's just opposite of what you are is going to, it's going to have some effects. So just like buckle up, buttercup. All right. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that's it. So that's it for today. That is our list of beauty horror stories. And yes, they were quite horrible. I guess in the end, we just realized that, you know, people are going to continue creating things to experiment and alter and reshape the body. They're going to continue that for a really, really long time until we hit a new sense of uh, enlightenment, um, 
And it's interesting because like, as this is like an aside, but as we watch people pick apart and question different things regarding beauty nowadays, it's really, we're starting to see it change. Like, don't you see it? Like it's starting to shift. Some of the things that were popular in beauty now are either obsolete or they've been completely changed or considered dated now, which is sort of, to me, it's a good thing. The more we explore, the more we learn, the more we question, it's good. Um, And it's the thing about it is if there's a certain beauty look that you like aesthetically, you just enjoy it, that doesn't mean you can't do it. You can But it's important that everybody has a place in that space. Not everybody goes out in full regalia all the time. Not not even me. So if there are people out there who feel like they have to put on airs just to get outside and and be accepted among the masses, then that's that's the place to start because that is not necessary. And we got to get you to a place where you don't feel like that's necessary. You know, you should feel just as comfortable going out, quote unquote, regular than getting dolled up. There should be, you should have many looks in your arsenal. You should have your casual look. You should have your dressed up look. You should have your editorial look. You should have full regalia. But, you know, otherwise... And I think we covered it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Beauty Horror Stories. I have been wanting to do another one for quite some time. If you know of more Beauty Horror Stories, please send them to me for our next installment because I'd love to share them and I'd love to shout you out. So send them, send them. Go to beautyreformschool.com. Send me a message. uh, Or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. All right? So, yes, send them. And if you have some people you'd like me to talk to, or if you know of a beauty story that's really cool, send that to me as well. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. So send it to me. And... I am going to be doing some interviews soon, but I was having some technical problems and I just wanted to look into it and give it a little bit of a break. So I pulled to the forefront some of the other solo episodes that I have, but they are there are some wonderful, wonderful guests on the horizon coming your way because I like you like that. So... The big takeaway from today is just remember, beauty is fun, beauty is essential, beauty is self-care, but do it smart. Know why you're using it and what you're using it for, and then have at it. But always, always be safe. And pencils down. Class is dismissed, and I'll see you next week.